Rightio, rev your engines up. It's F1 time. Uh, the big news, Lewis Hamilton leaving Mercedes at the end of the next season and going to Ferrari. So we're going to the Gridwalk host, our F1 commentator. He's the man. Cam van der Dungen joins us. Cam, on the scale of bigness, how big's this announcement for F1? <laughs> this is massive news. Um, I knew there was some news breaking. So there, there's been whispers in the paddock. There's been whispers amongst journos that something big was breaking this week. I thought it was something to do with Andretti finding another way into the sport. I thought it was something to do with all sorts of other things. I did not have Lewis Hamilton breaking his contract with um, Mercedes one year early to go across to Ferrari on my list of stories for this week. It is massive news. It's, would it have been a hard contract to break? Because they seem to be saying, you know, the team and Lewis seem to be still saying nice things about each other. No, it, it, it wasn't in that um, they have clauses in all of their Formula One contracts for both the team and drivers. They're called performance clauses. And if one of them doesn't live up to their end of the bargain, then that is an opportunity to break the, uh, the contract. So in August last year, Mercedes didn't live up to um, their performance uh, clause. And, and that gave Lewis Hamilton the opportunity to break his contract, which he's taken up that opportunity. So he'll only race to the end of 2024. And then at the beginning of 25, he will jump into the team at Maranello being Ferrari. So is it very LeBron-like? He wants to win a title. He feels he's more likely to win a title again in Ferrari over Mercedes. That's actually a really good analogy, particularly for uh, for basketball fans. It's not something we see happen um, in many other sports, but in Formula One, you definitely go shopping for the right team, the right car at the right time to put yourself into the window for a world championship. I think most of the teams have looked at 2024 and gone, it's Red Bull and Max Verstappen by how far. Mm. The team that has been on the rise, though, outside of McLaren, who have just locked down Lando Norris and um, and Oscar Piastri. So that was locked out for Lewis. And I don't think it had the cachet that Ferrari does. But Frederick Vasseur has come into Ferrari as team principal. He's had one year at the helm, and he's certainly shown some incredible signs that Ferrari's on the rise. Lewis Hamilton um, was uh, has been linked with Frederick Vasseur for a very long time. In fact, Frederick Vasseur was a team boss of his when he was in the junior formula. So good history there, good pedigree, and um, he's hedging his bet. He thinks that Mercedes won't get it done in the next four or five years, but he believes Ferrari will. So, yeah, he's going championship hunting. How much would of the pit crew punch the air when it was announced to them, you know, all the people behind the scenes, Lewis is coming to the big red car? Oh, mate, they, they will be um, beside themselves as a team. But I'll tell you who's punching the air a bit more, and that's the uh, the shareholders, the Italian people. <laughs> uh, Ferrari's a listed company. When the rumours started circulating, as in last night, the rumours that this was going to happen. There was a six-point bump in the share value of Ferrari, just off the rumours. As a result of the announcement, which came through to my inbox at 5.59am Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time, when when it was confirmed, there has been a $7 billion, that's with a B, billion dollar rise in the market cap of Ferrari as a result of this announcement. So I think the, the executives and the, and the board will be punching the air almost as much, if not more, than the team. Oh, well, and I can just imagine the online stores, people ordering Ferrari kit, they'll probably sell out, and probably by now. Lewis is the biggest name in the sport, hands down. Ferrari is the biggest name in the sport from a team perspective. Put the two together. Lewis is massive in the US. Um, Ferrari is massive globally. Mate, they are going, like you see in, um, in football or soccer, 
when you do a, a big signing, you can make the uh, the transfer fee up in one um, one week of t-shirt or of jersey sales. I think they're going to see something very similar happen here. The merchandise will be flying by the end of this year. Guaranteed, end of this year, they'll already have it out for you to be able to purchase. So what do Mercedes do now? Having lost, um, I mean, there's always that argument, who's the best driver? <clears throat> a lot of people say Lewis. A lot of people say Max. I say Max has got the fastest car. But how do Mercedes react, respond to this? This is a very, very good question. I've been racking my brain as the opportunity. So you could say a straight swap for Carlos Sainz, who's coming out of Ferrari, a very, very good driver. But the whispers about Carlos Sainz are Red Bull are circling for him for the second seat. And the other whisper is that Audi, who come into the sport in 2026, are quite keen on having Carlos Sainz as well. So he's got a pick of a number of drives there for him. Mm. There is a young driver coming up through the Mercedes ranks, very, very well regarded. He's still a little bit young, though. His name's Andrea Antonelli. He'll be going into Formula 2 for the first time this year. If he has a really good season, like an Oscar Piastri-type season, um, there's every chance they will vault him directly up into the top team. Or maybe, and this is the one that I kind of like the idea of, Alex Albin, who's been doing such a great job at Williams. I would love to see him jump in alongside his mate, George Russell, at Mercedes, then slot the Andrea Antonelli into Williams as part of his feeder, like they did with George Russell. Give him some experience in a junior team before putting him in the big team. But to be honest with you, the driver market at the end of this year is off the charts. The vast majority of the grid do not have a signed contract for 2025 and beyond. So Kiwis, Liam Lawson, we had him on the show um, on Gridwalk last year. I'm a huge fan of his. I've known him since he was a kid. Um, I think Liam Lawson is a real shot to get a drive for 2025. And that's what the story we're going to be talking about, I think, throughout 2024, because he deserves a drive, and I think he's a real shot. I had an insider whisper to me this morning that uh, Liam Lawson's virtually been guaranteed a drive for AlphaTauri in 25. That That is um, what I believe it to be as well, in that they've said to him, you know, we know you have to sit out another year. We've got contracted drivers in place. There is a real chance that Checo Perez doesn't make it through this year. If he doesn't make it through this year, you may see Liam Lawson come in mid-year, but he will be driving. I, I would be shocked if he doesn't find himself onto the grid in 2025. My hope, though, is for that rapid young Kiwi to be on the grid at some stage in 2024. Yeah. What about 2024? Because, yes, we're, we're talking a lot about 2025. Will the gap close to Red Bull this year? Uh, when we finished last year, all of us were like a little bit slightly down in the mouth and went, hang on. So as much as, you know, it's great to see a, a, an incredible driver in Max Verstappen, in an incredible team, you know, we, we all sort of felt it was going to be a bit of a runaway. There's a bit of talk, there's a bit of a whisper in the paddock that it'll be a lot closer this year. The question is whether they turn their attention to start developing the future car, the 2026 car now, and are they just going to go through the motions a bit, which will open the door to a McLaren, maybe a Ferrari. I think Lando Norris staying at McLaren, Oscar Piastri staying at McLaren, I think they're going to be a real threat for some race wins. Whether they can duke it out for a championship, that's yet to be seen. But I, I just don't think we're going to see the same dominance that we had with Red Bull this year, where they won everything bar one race, which was at Singapore with um, with Carlos Sainz in the Ferrari. Uh, I don't think we'll see that level of dominance. But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Do you feel like Formula 1 needs it closer for now um, and one team or another can start pulling away in sort of 25, 26. I feel like we need, we need a jousting match this season. 
We do. Every sport needs a close, you know, sport's better when anyone's a chance of winning on the day. I, I personally don't like um, manufactured racing in, you know, different restrictions put in or, or limitations put on, a, a, you know, like handicap style racing. I'm not a fan of that. Um, but I, I don't think we're going to get that, that. We don't need to put those um, limiters on Red Bull anymore because I think McLaren, I think Ferrari coming to the fore. Mercedes have redesigned their car for this year. Lewis Hamilton maybe wanting to go out on a high could be a threat. George Russell on the rise. The sport needs it. Yes, it does because the, the numbers started to drop off. But the diehards will always be there. The, the true purists, and there's so many purists of Formula One in mm. New Zealand, they want to see the best be the absolute best, and they want to see get them get knocked off by someone who's on the rise. Like it, it really is the truest form of the sport when you don't put any limitations on your champions. So, yes, they need it, but um, I think it's going to happen naturally. Yeah, and the announcement with Lewis leaving, uh, I, it's just going to automatically people make people watch and just see how he goes for Mercedes this year because he said he wants to finish on a high. He will definitely charge hard to go out on a winning note because they have been so, so good to him. That relationship goes back as long as I can remember having watched Formula One. Um, it's He'll be hell-bent, won't he? He will definitely be hell-bent. So, Lewis, um, his personal relationship with Mercedes goes back to – it started when he was 13 years old. He's won seven world titles. Every single one of those had a Mercedes-Benz or Mercedes power unit in the back of them. Six with the, the works team and one with the McLaren Mercedes, which was his first world championship. He didn't leave that team lightly. He didn't make this decision on a whim. This was something that is for him. He, as you said, he's chasing that title, that that eight that he believes got away from him in 2021. Um, it'll be, it'll mean a lot to him. It'll mean a lot to his relationship with that, that manufacturer and also with Toto Wolff to go out on a high. So don't be expecting any backward steps from uh, from from the goat of Formula One this year. In fact, if anything, he'll be just as motivated as he always is to go out as a uh, as a world champion. And then maybe try and get nine or ten with Ferrari. The chances of that are very, very low, but you never know. Mm, it's fascinating. Hey, Cam, appreciate you putting the icing on the cake that we've all been nibbling on so far this morning. Really good to catch up with you, buddy. We'll do it again. Thanks, Daffy. Cam van der Dungen. Um, what you don't know hasn't been written about Formula One. So if you want to follow the Formula One and you're an SENZ listener, he's got a podcast on the SENZ app called Gridwalk. Follow it, listen to it. He gets the big names on. Uh, so for F1 fans, that's your place to go and visit. Uh, just go on 10-2. We'll take our last break before the news.